Hello and welcome to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Thank you all for joining us again this week. Please don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Today, I'll be talking to Uta Haller. Uta is the director of HCE Partner Go to Market for EMEA at VMware. Welcome, Uta. Hi, welcome, Ronke. Uh, really happy to be part of your wonderful podcast. <laughs> so great to have you here today, Uta. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. So um, I am 52. <laughs> I am in the IT industry since oh, more than 30 years, started out in 1989. Um, been grown up in a very rural area close to the Czech, Austrian and German border, uh, where I uh, did um, what we would call Mittlere Reife. Um, went then uh, on an apprenticeship as an office merchant in a construction company. And already then, 1985, I was the um, only woman in the entire enterprise. <laughs> um, and funny enough, it was also driven by that I initially wanted to become a policewoman uh, on a horse, which at that time when I left school wasn't even possible. Women were not allowed to be part of the uh, police organization. So ending up in the construction company, from there, uh, after the apprenticeship, I thought I need some fresh air out in the world. Went to uh, USA, Texas, and spent there a year as an au pair. And then came back and blended in IT. So here I go again, uh, one woman in an enterprise of 100 people and more. <laughs> Before we go into the details of your IT career, uh, tell me a little bit about how you live, what you enjoy, uh, what your hobbies are. Do you have a family? Do you have kids? No, I don't have kids, uh, but I am surrounded by many uh, with all the other things that I do. So I'm very passionate about nature. Uh, I love traveling as well, um, but I also do a lot of hiking up in the mountains. Uh, I bought a, a certificate as a yoga teacher 15 years ago, I think by now. Um, and it kind of now all came together then also with the work I do with an NGO uh, here in Germany that um, is head protecting mountain forests uh, and what we do there is we basically take a group of people up in the mountains we stay there for a week we plant trees or take things out you know depending on whatever is important um, and that is work that we do in inclusive groups so people with handicaps or not handicapped uh, people who just have an interest in nature overall um, as well as with um, uh, teenagers from difficult backgrounds as well. And that is something I have to say, I really do enjoy just being out there. And that's where I spend my time. Typically, when you not see me in the office, you would see me somewhere out in nature, <laughs> hiking or climbing or ski hiking or, you know, any, any of that. It sounds like a great balance to have when you have a job like ours, where you spend a lot of time also sitting in front of a computer. So, um, um, so talking about jobs now, you are the director for Partner Go to Market for HCI, which is hyperconverged infrastructure at mm -hmm. VMware. Um, tell us a little bit about what that means, what you do. <laughs> so for Partner Go to Market, and I get this asked often, you know, what is this? <laughs> so, and what it basically is is we look at the new solutions that we have. You know, how can we work with uh, other companies? Uh, to bring the best to the customers at the end of the day, right? And at the same time, obviously, you need to make sure that there's 
appetite within the partner uh, organization to work with you as a vendor. So that can be anything from financial models, from you know, how do we go to market together? How do we collaborate together? How do our joint value positions work together? And because I do this for Europe, Middle East and Africa, it's also for us as a vendor, how can we make sure that we have coverage, what we typically call it, across all the different countries, especially in countries where there's you know, high propensity markets as well. Yeah. So it's um, a wide variety, which makes it really interesting. So you mentioned just now that you're responsible for this really large region, which is Europe, and you mentioned also parts of Africa. And I'm wondering, um, in such a large region, you have so many different cultures, right, mm -hmm. that you have to work with. How, is it, does it that pose any specific obstacles, or did you learn any specific things about management doing that? Yes. So, I, and I think it's probably that's why I. Do this for such a long time now because and that's what i really enjoy because you get the different flavors of different cultures um also different ways to engage with other business partners as well which i think is also interesting because it also gives you insight into you know how is that human interaction also working um and because we're, we're dealing with large markets small markets you can also see the difference there um you can also see the difference in terms of you know where uh, women can have more room, let's say, to thrive over others. Um, and it's not always what we think it is, right? <laughs> That's it's also something I find really interesting. Like when, to give you an example, when I went to Dubai a couple of years ago, and I initially thought, oh, I don't know, because we always have this thinking in our head of what you will probably think of it from Saudi Arabia and, and, you know, those type of countries. And I came there and it was like the complete opposite like complete opposite you know lots of women in in good positions um very open very interested uh very open-minded as well um which i thought was you know that's we often talk about oh the bias that, that's hindering us but these are just really great examples where you can see well actually you know what it's there's very good places already that we don't even think of yeah, that's such a good point that we have these biases in our head and we, um, you know, we have these pictures of what we like and it's so great to see that the reality often doesn't correspond to that and then to learn new things. And this brings me to another bias, because when you talk about working in IT, there's this bias that you will be sitting in front of your computer, typing and coding and mostly spending time with yourself. But now that you're talking about your job, it's the complete opposite, really, because I feel from what you're telling me, it's a lot around communication, yeah. interaction, networking, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot. It's also a lot of listening, I think. You know what works what doesn't try and error is sometimes also part of it hopefully less of an less of an error and the more of the try um but also i think in the um i, I think that's what i really enjoy because you when you listen you there's so much you learn right it's not just learning the technology but it's also learning about different viewpoints and when you look at the whole discussion and we have the discussion a lot on inclusion you know at the end of the day it's about companies are driving inclusion and diversity because they want innovation and that to me the, the fundamental thing in all of this is that we listen and that we treat each other with respect 
and because we listen and because everyone is open to have their own viewpoints and uh, bringing up those viewpoints and having a conversation around it, that's, I think, when innovation really happens. And that's also when we learn and when we grow. And that's a, a huge part of the talk, right? Also in terms of what are our needs in Europe, which might be very different to the needs of the Americas and, and working with our corporate headquarters in representing what the EMEA needs are and finding, uh, how would I say, and finding a, a common ground that we can all work from. That, that's, that's a huge part of the talk and that's a huge part I really like, I have to say. Uh, you said something interesting. You, you mentioned innovation. And mm -hmm. it's an, also another bias that most of us have when we think about innovation and technology. We think about, you know, having specific technical skills and those mm -hmm. are more important. But what you just touched on was how important it is to have diversity and inclusion, of course, um, yeah. for innovation. And uh, maybe you would like to talk about a little bit about why that is the case, because obviously we have our ideas why, why diversity makes companies more um, innovative. When you look in nature, right, there is a huge variety. There is not one tree, one plant, one seed, or, or any of that. It's, there's a huge variety. And some things grow in some areas, other don't grow in others. And things also change over time, right? So, I mean, if I just look at the projects we've done up in the mountains, what we planted five years ago is not what we plant today because we know the climate has changed, right? So we, we need a different type of forest and, and we need to work towards that and figure out, you know, what are the, what are the right trees to plant? So it, it is sustainable and, and it has that protection uh, to, um, to the people who live in valleys. Right? And, and I think the same applies for, for companies as well. And, and for us in our, our, even our minds, I think it applies, you know, it's, that conversation and having that conversation about, well, I actually think it's this way. And, and a colleague of mine, and I mean, we have a lot of jokes about it because he has a very different approach to things. And then I'm going like, well, why? You know, why are you doing it this way? And he explains it to me. And I'm going like, hmm, I don't know if this is good for, this would be like my game. But then we find something where I'm actually thinking, oh, you know what, but this is something I really like. And I would probably tweak it that way. Or he then goes on and goes like, oh, you know what, this is really interesting. I might tweak it this and that way. But if we don't have these controversial conversations and those different opinions, we wouldn't even come to the point where we say, well, actually, you know what, let me rethink what I thought. Yeah, Maybe this is a better way to do it. Yeah. I see. So what you're saying is that, you know, having these different points of view will mm -hmm. eventually enable you to actually create new solutions that you mm -hmm. have thought about yeah and i guess yeah i guess that's that's the point i mean innovation means that you find new things and that can't happen if everyone has the same ideas i guess yeah. so that's that's a really good point and um since this is a women in technology podcast um and we're obviously very passionate both of us about having more diversity mm -hmm. in tech i would like to ask you would you have thought that you would be where you are today? So if as a young woman, you said you came into the field in 89, um, or you started working in 89, sorry. No, I had no clue. Yeah. I, honestly, I had no clue. And I have to say, even IT wasn't on my radar. I came back from the US and uh, one of my uncles at that time worked in IT. And that was like very early stages, right? 
Um, and I came back and I said, well, I don't know really what to do, but I'd really like to make sure that I keep my language skills, right? And he's like, well, you know, why don't you go into IT and then, you know, you take it from there. There's American companies, it's a growth industry. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Never worked with a PC before, never had my hands on a laptop before. So here I go and I ended up with um, Sun Microsystem at that point in time, who was like a real innovator for, you know, originator of Java, really drove the internet and all of that. And that's how I landed in IT. So it, that was never part of my plan, not at all. And then even uh, when people say, yeah, but you're now director. And I was sort of like, yeah, you know, I am director. But again, that was never part of my plan. I never had a plan of at the age of la, 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 I want to be this and that and have this and that title. Never. But what, what mattered to me, I think, were two things. The so one thing is that I would always do something I really enjoy. And if I couldn't enjoy it, I would look at, okay, what is it that I would like to do more of or what is it what I would like to do less of? Um, and then had those conversations. And lucky enough, I have to say, I always had people who then supported me, yeah, or people who pushed my boundaries a little bit, yeah, where they went like, oh, but, you know, you can do it. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do it. And then like, oh, why don't you try it? Yeah. And, and I think yoga helps you with that as well because it pushes you, it teaches you to, and that's probably where the passion then came from, it teaches you to go to the boundaries, to slightly push it, but to not overdo it, right? Um, so in that terms, I think those, those were actually my drivers. The one was being lucky enough to have the people who supported me and always sticking to that I wanted a job that I enjoy, right? Because I think if you enjoy what you do, you're going to be naturally, you're typically going to be good at it. That's such a good point and I find it interesting because it goes, your journey goes a bit against the grain of what people know, <laughs> right? And I totally agree with you because my career is very similar. I always did stuff because, um, yeah, I, I didn't have this plan like you're supposed to. So, um, and I find this interesting because a lot of young people get told you should have an idea where you're going and then you, you uh, get the skills for that and then you just you know kind of progress but I think the reality of what you described is is much more accurate that you you know you do something and then you might find out this is not what you enjoy and then you think about what it is you would actually prefer to do right and I think you need I think you're making a really good point because I think you need this free flow I I, I see a little bit like you when you say when you look at the you know, that there wants to be fixed development plans mm -hmm. and in X years time, blah, blah, blah. but I think you're limiting yourself with that. Unless you say, well, roughly this is my plan, but you know, let's see <laughs> how life turns out. That's a different, that's different thing. But, and of course you wanna have something like that excites you, which typically is something onwards, right? But, I still think if you're too narrowed and you're too focused on something, you're limiting your capabilities and you're limiting your opportunities as well, I think. Uh, Very good point, especially around the limiting of opportunity, because that's something that often happens, I feel, that people have mm -hmm. this idea of what success looks like. So this is where they're going. And while they're going, they miss out on all the opportunities left and right, because they think that this is the road they have to go. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I find it so important that you actually mention, you know, this this um, this journey of, of 
looking at what you're doing and exploring and maybe thinking about changing because that is in my opinion much more closer to real life than it is to you know tell a young person you have to have this idea of where you're going and, and just you know that <laughs> I feel this is very common nowadays to tell people to just you know push on and and you know if you push hard enough you will um, eventually get somewhere and mm -hmm. that I think is not necessarily the best mm. way to approach a career. And I also think the other, I think the other thing that I think is important that you also look at growth doesn't only happen when you work, right? Growth happens a lot outside. Now in, in Vienna, we are very lucky because we have plenty of opportunity, right? You can engage in social projects, you can engage in, uh, I mean, there's 50,000 things you can do. Um, and for me personally, one of the things was also, and I think we all get to this point where we go like, you know, you in the in an in an industry for twenty five or something years, and you go like, but really, this is it. Isn't there more in life to that? So at that point in time, uh, we had a project at VMware, which was called the Good Gigs Project at that time, where uh, we could go out and work with an NGO on uh, pro bono services, basically. Um, and that really was one of the game changers, I think, for me as well, because at that time I felt like, yeah, but, you know, technology somehow you know it's exciting but at the same time it's also boring and it's only driven in a business environment and uh with that ngo what we did there was we uh we had them implement computer-based uh, english learning uh, applications so people from from that rural area could actually learn english because they they then learned english they had way more opportunities later on right um and that gave me a good sense of the capabilities of technology and that it actually is important what we do, that it is in contributing to a better society. Um, and that kind of kept me driving. And then I think the other thing was um, when um, I worked at SAP before I joined VMware, and I was also responsible for, so it was responsible for Europe and then also India came part uh, of that region. Um, and I was working a lot with people from India and having my, my yoga background, and also the philosophy behind it and the thinking behind it really helped me in that job as well. It's, it's way easier to understand how people are driven, how people, you know, have what type of attitude they have at work and also against hierarchies when you have that background. And that doesn't always come from work. That can often come from other places. You, I want to circle back to something you, you said about um, technology starting to be boring. And I think this is something that happens when you lose sight of the fact why technology is necessary. And this is what happens when you're long and you mentioned this when you're here long enough and you're doing your stuff and, and you lose sight of what it actually means because um, you get disconnected of, of the effect that, that technology really has on society, which is also again, a reason why I believe that more women should be in technology because mm -hmm. of the impact it really has. And taking the step and, and doing something uh, like this work with the NGO that you did, I know a little bit about it because I saw your talk recently on that. Um, I think it reinforces this um, understanding of what technology can mean to the lives of uh, different people. I had this really interesting conversation with Solange recently, one of our other women in tech, and she talked about how her work in in finance uh, IT um, is mm -hmm. so powerful for her because she understands that when she um, creates good technology for finance institute that also impacts the life of people and this is I guess something that we need to keep in mind I guess mm -hmm. uh, 
and the other aspect I would like to talk to you because uh, I don't want to talk myself so much, but <laughs> interesting life, um, is the aspect of lifelong learning that we have to be aware that there is no end point. You know, it's not like this is what I want to achieve and that's where I go, but it's like you, you try to learn and grow all your life, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it's, you know, the, how would you say, there's a, there's a set term of growth mindset, right? But I think that's really what it is. You know, as long as, as your head is free of exploring and listening and seeing, you know, what can be next, uh, but without the push, it's not, you know, it's more in an interest of, oh, that's interesting, let's explore more of that. Um, there's so much we can learn and things always change as well, right? Like what, what we know today might be completely outdated tomorrow. Yeah. So, and, and that, that's what life is about. Yeah. Learning every day. Yeah. Yes. Also such a good point that what is true today might not be true tomorrow. And we have just encountered two years where this is so obviously true, because if you, I mean, it's now a little more than two years, the, years that the first case of corona was detected in in europe and if you look at all the historic events that have happened you know uh, in this time and again just in the last couple of days um we have to be adaptable i guess yeah. we have no idea what life will look like in a year from now take nothing i mean for me it was always take nothing for granted yeah. nothing it's gone before you can think of and I think that's sometimes where people get a bit trapped almost because they, and, and, and that comes back to the, what we discussed earlier with this plan, you know, I do this, tick, I do this, tick, then the next stage, tick. But that's not how life goes. And we are very lucky where we are, right? Especially in our industry, I think we are super lucky. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's the other thing. A lot of people say, yeah, but you know, do I, need to, I don't want to feel guilty. And I'm saying you don't need to feel guilty. No one asking you to feel guilty. But I think we all should be aware yeah. how lucky we are, right? Every day we have to be aware of how lucky we are. And we can be, we can be happy about it, right? And not about guilt there's guilt. nothing to hide. <laughs> Absolutely not. But always be thoughtful that we are in a lucky position. I think you made a good point. It's not about being guilty. It's about being mm -hmm. grateful for what yeah. you do. You know, and understanding that you have something to be grateful for, because we tend to lose sight of that a little bit. And yeah. um, coming back to the whole topic of being a woman, because you had this really outstanding career over a long time and you've reached this position, not actually by trying, but by learning and growing. <laughs> by falling into it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which is um, an interesting um, viewpoint, really, because, of course, you did a lot of stuff uh, that led yeah. to this point in your life. But um, unlike many other people, you don't pretend it's just, you know, because you did everything right, because you realize there's, an, there's, there's this element of chance that, that comes yeah. into it. I don't want to say luck, because that sounds like you didn't do anything. I think there's, we have to, but we have to realize that part of career is chance, you know, meeting yes. the right people. Like in your case, coming back to your uncle who said, um, why don't you go into IT, even though you didn't have any idea. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was the beginning of IT, really, of IT becoming so important for, for society. And I wonder, because we've talked a lot about growing, we've talked about how you got here, but... Tell me a little bit about 
the difficulties you face because obviously this was is is, is this, um, a field where there are very few women really mm -hmm. and how do you approach those i don't know i mean <laughs> it sounds blunt to say it i don't know about the difficulties i think it's maybe it's how you deal with it because i still remember again that you know back in in the in the early days uh, when i started in it and i still remember i had a job and a man slightly older but not much older had exactly the same job it's just a different area of the business same job double the salary i had it in writing so and then yeah, yeah double the salary and, and then i'm thinking then there's two ways to manage that right you can lean back and you can go like oh that's not fair and complain and complain and complain about it or you just go like okay i'm going to fix this i will not uh, keep on going like that but i don't want to let myself frust being frustrated because there's a person who earns more for whatever the reason is i'm i'm then more in the ballpark where i go like okay but what is it what really matters to me is it really the money or is it something else or isn't it more important to think about you know, I really like what I do. I want to do more of this and more of that and, and get the positive energy from that point rather than from the, from the negative frustration. And I would say it's important to speak up. Absolutely. For me, that's, I'm not a person who would be in any shape or form being shy of speaking up. I think about how I say it, that I would say it's not about, you know, just throwing something out there, but I think everyone can make a point if things aren't right. Um, and I think we should be pointing it out because it, sometimes it's just that people are not aware. Like in, in that case where I had, I went to my boss and I said, you know what, seriously? Um, I'm not going to complain about it, but I want you to know that I know and that I don't think this is uh, the best thing on earth, right? Um, but then I moved on. And uh, lucky enough, that got fixed over time. I mean, I, at that point in time, I would have never gone to the same level, but at least they did something. Um, but I think we have to be careful that we don't get stuck because of the challenges. I think we need to speak up that they are there and we should never get tired of it. But we also should be thinking about, you know, what is it that we can influence and focus our energy there. I totally agree. I think you made such a good point that there is no just being frustrated and complaining will not change anything, you know. And um, of course, it's not as easy for everyone to speak up about, um, you know, injustices like it may be for you or for me. But it's a big point that you address what is going wrong and that um, you conf not confront, but you talk to people. It's a lot about dialogue, I think. Exactly, it's about conversation. I think wrong case you said. I think it's about having the conversation like what we said earlier. It's, I think one thing we always have to keep in mind, it's I don't think a lot of people do things intentionally. Yeah. They do things the way they do it because they don't know or because they haven't been in a situation like that before or whatever it is. And if we have the conversations, I think it helps us all to understand. And the minute, that there's a saying of walk in my shoes, right? If you get insight into what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes, then you become more humble. Yeah. And then you probably also become more aware. And then that's where you start to do things differently. And that's why I think it's so important that 
people speak up in a constructive way and in a respectful way, um, and that we talk and listen to each other. I think it, you addressed a very important topic here, you know, giving other people the benefit of doubt is an important thing, understanding that not everybody has thought, you know, really thought about every single issue that you have thought about, they're not in your head, mm -hmm. and they haven't walked in your shoes. And if we approach problems in life with this uh, mindset, it's much easier to find common ground, I think, because most people, and I am deeply sure of this, are not bad people. Most mm -hmm. people are just, you know, concerned with their own problems and haven't thought about other people's problems. Yeah. And if you open their eyes to them, they are usually willing. Um, there's very few exceptions, in my opinion, to, to try and, and change things to the better mm -hmm. for everyone. So I, I really think that it's a good way to approach a career, especially if it's in a field with people who are not necessarily like you and um, try to find solutions. And I think also, you know, I think also, and it comes back to this whole awareness, right? When you, I mean, I am very aware that a lot of where I am is due to because other people believed in me or pushed me or included me or uh, had me work on things or had me have conversations with people. Um, and I think it's also up to us, and it's especially, I think, for women that we create the space for those others as well. You know, there's there is very simple things you can do when you hear of someone who's doing a great job. Why not give them an audience and keep them, you know, right? at the right time so they can you know they can show their brilliance they can get more awareness they can meet new people they have a different learning experience i think that's also something that we but that's probably my my, my way of thinking anyways i think any success is always a collective it's never never one person and, and it just drives me nuts if someone says i have done and i achieved this i'm thinking no you contributed, and maybe you contributed more than others did, but at the end of the day, it's a whole puzzle that falls together, right? Um, and that's something we should never forget. And, and along this, I think we can drag other women along, and that's our responsibility. We benefited from it, from it, and I think it's our responsibility too. You know, it's almost like we're heritaging it on over, over the generations. Yeah. Such an important point again, um, you know, the one about that, that success is a holistic thing. It's not something that one person alone has achieved. I mean, maybe if you're, even if you're a marathon runner, maybe um, there will be someone who has helped you at a certain point. But, um, and then there's the thing about giving other people a seat at the table, you know, um, opening the space up to, to other people and also giving them the opportunity to be seen because that is something that is actually a problem a lot of times, especially mm -hmm. when it goes, when we talk about the corporate environment and getting, you know, acknowledgement for what you have contributed. And um, you have been the leader of the women's pod at VMware for uh, some, some time now. And I have, um, and my experience is that this is what you do. You know, you actually showcase the uh, achievements of other women and that's a great thing. And I think this is also something, you know, the women's part is also something that's important to you. Tell me a little bit about that yeah. and what it does. Yeah, I think it's it's just nice to know that the company wants representation from certain groups, <laughs> let's say communities is probably the better word. And um, again, it's about, I think there's so many good things that are going on in the company. So many, you know, like your podcast, 
then Zetze with, you know, with the session where she's giving insight what a tech drop looks like. Um, also the collaboration with the, uh, the Gen V when they do their reverse mentoring. And there's so many good things. And often it's just providing the platform that people see everything that's going on and all the work that's been done, because that again encourages maybe others to do something else. Like we had other people in, in the quarter then say, well, actually, you know what, I want to contribute. I don't know what it is yet, but I know I want to contribute. And we just said this on the, on the last meeting, right? When we were thinking about, you know, let's do a event for the Women's Month. All of a sudden there's three ladies who are working on something uh, and now they are driving it. And, and I think that's what it is about. How can we empower each other? How can we find opportunities for others to shine and, and help them in their brilliance and shining? Yeah, it's not about, you know, I'm the regional lead and I want to have all these executive conversations. That's not the point, right? And I think that that is reflected in how the pod has changed over the last months, that people have become more willing to put themselves out there and then also create things themselves and, you know, contribute actively because they feel there's a space for them to contribute. So Uta, unfortunately, we're already reaching the end of our 30 minutes. <laughs> it was so quickly. <laughs> And we have addressed so many really, really important topics about career and being in tech and being uh, a woman in tech and diversity. But maybe there is some, some, something you would like to tell young women starting out in the field, some kind of mindset or something they should think about that might help them along their path. I would just say, don't be afraid to ask. Someone told me that uh, there were two things that two people said to me, the one was, and it's ages ago, and I still hear it, I even hear the tone of the voice. Stop asking for permission, <laughs> my number one advice, right? Just when you think something's important and you wanna do it, go for it, yeah? Don't ask 50 people whether they think it's the greatest idea, go for it. Ask them maybe for how you do it, but not whether you can do it. Uh, so that's the one thing. And the second one was um, surprise yourself. That's the other one. You are so capable of stuff that you can do. Try it. <laughs> Just give it a try. <laughs> that's, you know, anything's better than doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's that's also great advice. I mean, I love that don't ask for permission and just give yourself permission actually to do yeah. things. And um, yeah. Support. And reach out. I mean, I, I, I have to say, and that's what I really enjoy about the, the younger talent that we now have. They, they really reach out. They go like, you know, you sound interesting. I want to learn more about you. Or I have this thought, can you help me with this? It, it's really this outreach. I never had people saying no to something when I, when I asked them for something, right? I'm, I don't believe in this whole thing that's currently going on and, oh, you have to build your network and you have to get to know 50,000 people. I am not sold on that, I have to say. I think people will listen when you have something to say. And by all means, then go for it. But networking for the sake of networking, I don't know if that's really getting anywhere. But be brave enough. If you have something to talk, by all means, go for it. And, and I tend to agree with you. I think um, there has to be a reason for networking. It's yeah. not just you know, building like more and more contacts just for the sake of it. Like, and, and, and just maybe um, an opinion again from my side, I think that is just like uh, one of the symptoms of our times that people do things for the sake of doing them because they have lost the reason why they were supposed to be doing it. Yeah. 
very true. So thank you, Uta. It has been amazing talking to you. And thank you for giving me your time. Um, yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. This was like time flying. <laughs> okay. Thank you and bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.